you know what? There may be an idea in there that I didn't think of. And if I got a hundred people thinking about the same issue, trying to do the same thing, I have to believe that I'm going to have a better company. This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn. And with me is a very smoky, smoky Dan Gordon. Uh, in case you're wondering, he, he is a huge smoker, um, well, at least for today. And I will let I will let him introduce himself, explain his smokiness, introduce our sponsors and our topic, and then I'm gonna I'm actually pretty excited about this one because I believe, and this is gonna be a shocker, that Dan and I may not be on the same page for this topic. Yeah, so. no, this is a good one, and uh, so <laughs> you gave me a lot to to do. Uh, quite an assignment. You, so, hopefully, but, hopefully you wrote it down. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I'm a smoker is I'm sitting here in New Jersey. And it's the middle of the day and you can't see anything because of all the fog from the Canadian wildfires, which I've heard was, you know, people were talking about it a week ago, but yesterday afternoon it started. I went outside, smelled like somebody was having a bonfire or a fire pit or something. Mm -hmm. Today, you can't even see. It's unbelievable. They closed LaGuardia Airport. So anyway, so in case you, uh, you know, uh, in case I'm, I start coughing in the middle, you'll know why. So, uh, okay, that's number one. Number that's two number is introduce. One. Oh, introduce myself. Uh, yes, PCO yes. bookkeepers, PCO M and A specialists. <laughs> um, number three is to introduce our sponsors. Uh, yeah. Cold March by Workwave, who is um, you know digital marketing and. Uh, um, we love those guys. And if you want more information on that, you go to colemarch.com, as well as our second sponsor, which is PestSure. Uh, if you're interested in GL, auto, workers' comp, uh, contents insurance, uh, visit them at pestsure.com. And we love those guys too. And a lot of our clients use them. And I'm customers of both. I will, I will put a disclaimer out there for for everyone who's listening meaning that I believe in them so much. I use them for my own business. So there you go. And that's awesome. So uh, today we're going to argue about, I mean, we're going to talk about <laughs> open book management. So it's kind of funny. I had a little bit of a debate with, uh, uh, well, over the years with many clients and friends. Uh, but last week um, I had somebody tell me that he shared company finances with the entire company. Um, and some of it went well and some of it didn't go so well. And he asked my opinion on what he should do in the future. So, um, really it's a, it's a debate that is ongoing and, you know, it, there's no right answer, but, uh, basically open book management's a philosophy, uh, where you share financial and operational information with all employees, try to make them understand how the company is performing and to make more informed decisions to you know, uh, about the company and about their position in the company, what they do. There's definitely benefits to it, um, mm -hmm. but there's also some drawbacks to consider. So with that point counterpoint, let's go. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So let's talk big picture. Um, so let's, let's talk about, okay. So first of all, do you know who came up with open book management? By the way, this is 
I don't know why I'm going down this road. I'm just going to have a little fun with it. But do you know who came up with it, Dan, and how long it's been around? You My said it's guess been is in- it's Peter Drucker, but... Uh, uh, he, that, you know what? Normally you would be right. He's like the father yeah. of all business thought and everyone goes back to him. But there's actually a guy named John Case. He was, uh, he was an editor in Ink Magazine. This is back in the 90s, like the early 90s. And this is when it first came on the scene. And the whole idea behind open book management is that you you essentially turn your business into a game and you you enable through teamwork your your people to play this game and you don't keep them in the dark and you don't like you know it, what what happens is is that people are playing a game they don't know the numbers they don't know the score they don't and, and they even talk about this and not to I'm not I'm not self promoting here at all but I have a whole chapter I think it's either in build or grow I can't remember which one it it is but I talk about imagine a football game where no one knows the score no one knows the boundaries and they're all playing like you would, first of all, you wouldn't want to play that game very long. Number two, you wouldn't want to watch a game like that because it would be absolute chaos and no one would know what we, everyone's doing a lot of action, but it's like, it has no meaning. And so the whole idea behind an open book is that everyone knows what's going on and you can engage people at a deeper level, you know, appeal to high level of thinking. And by doing that, you know, by opening your books, they can actually see what's going on. I will tell you, it never fails to shock me how little people know about finances, how little they know about how a company. And that's the operates. key. And let's take your example. So let's put a football team out on the, on the uh, football field. Mm-hmm. Let's put a professional team, you know, one that's probably going to win the Super Bowl this year, like the New York jets. Now that they got Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Of course that's going to happen. And then let's put a, another team against them. Mm-hmm. And the maximum amount, these guys are all a bunch of 97 pound weaklings, mm-hmm. right? They don't have the muscle, they don't have the skill set, and they don't have the understanding of the game of football. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen, even if you don't like the Jets? Sure. Sure. I mean, we all know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Well, keep going. Keep going with your example. Is that your example, by the way? Is well, that- the example is that they don't have this. They, they, they're they're going to get pummeled and they may or may not know the reasons why they lost the game. Well, the reason is you don't have the skill set. You don't have the body mass. You don't have whatever. Um, just as if you don't have the tools to understand operational math, financial math and or marketing math, then you run into trouble. Mm-hmm. And that is where the, 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 there's also other, there's distractions. The gamification sometimes becomes so competitive that uh, you have factions within the company competing against each other, which is detrimental to the company. Yes. Um, there's, there's a lot of things like that, but that's the example. So, okay. Yes. Yes. Cause I, there's all kinds of red flags going up as you're talking. So, so number one, can you F up? open book management. Absolutely. Do most people F up open book management? When I say F up, I mean freak, by the way, in case you're just, your brain's going somewhere it shouldn't. Anyway, if, you know, yes, you can mess it up. And and mainly because people, by the way, if you've not read the book, The Great Game of Business by Jack Stack, you need to go out and grab it. I don't think, I mean, the book was written back in the eighties. I don't know. I, I remember I read that book years ago. Um, uh, there's a hard copy of it. Um, you know, again, he goes through talking about how he turned around 
think the name of the company was SRC or something like that. Basically, they were they were a division of International Harvester. International Harvester starts going down. They take a loan out for nine million. I think they put a hundred grand down, and basically they had to reinvent. You know, rebuilding engines was was the whole idea, and they were able to not only turn that business around, they were able to thrive, and they did it all through opening up the books. The thing that I think a lot of people miss when we talk about open book management, number one is I don't agree with what you just said. Okay. Just, you know, I love you, but I don't agree with you. I think it's stupid to play a game. First of all, what are the two things that drive a business? You've got to be able to generate money and you've got to be able to not run out of cash. So generate what I've seen, I mean, like generate growth and generate cash. And those are two different things, right? You could be you could be losing as a business and still getting cash, just like you could be winning on the PL and losing cash and go out of business, right? I mean, by the way, you're assuming that what I'm saying is all or nothing. I'm not. Look ahead. Yes. So, well, you know, I love you and and I'm gonna put words in your mouth. By the way, if you have the last name Stack, what in the world? Why in the world would you name your kid Jack? I have no idea. I don't know. (laughs) There's a lot of funny things, but go on, yeah, as a side. So, so but but bringing it back, you know. The reality of it is, is like, okay, so just showing your numbers is not enough, right? Because the underlying assumption is that, is that people understand what they're actually looking at. I will never forget this as long as I live. I had a guy come into my office. He's a technician, and I'm not going to say names. And this guy is legend at our company because he was hilarious. He was a funny, funny guy, not the smartest tool in the shed. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but it was kind of funny. He came in and says, Donnie, I need a raise. And I said, why do you need a raise? He goes, well, I'm playing, I'm, I'm paying child support to, the, to three different ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, said, uh, I, I said, I said, I'm not for sure why. You I mean, I, I don't know which side you come down on, the but birth control might be in the next. Well, I just was like, I'm not sure why you're having babies, you know, right. necessitate you having a raise. But he's like, well, Donnie, you're, you're making two and a half million dollars a year, which, by the way, was our revenue at the time. And I said, blank, we don't make that. We don't make anywhere near that, you know, and just just but that was his perception. Right. And I mean, I know people who listen to this podcast obviously know that's not the truth. Right. And they understand how a business runs. And that's an extreme is, example. But you're right. Go but that. But I mean, I guess my point is, is that, you know, where people mess up with this is, is number one, is that, yes, I believe the most efficient and the most profitable way to operate a business is give everyone a voice and kind of where you're going and then give them a stake in the financial outcome. In order for them to do that, they need to understand the score and they need to understand how the game works. And you can't do that without opening up your books and training your people on this is how a business runs. I would much rather have a team of people who understand a P&L, who understands like if we spend this amount of money, or if Bobby, you know, who who works half ass, pardon my language, you know, if he stays in our business, he's going to affect my bonus. That's a big deal. If you can flip that and make a business of like little mini entrepreneurs, that's, you know, again, you think about EOS. I mean, you think about an entrepreneurial system. That's the golden goose, right? And, and that, I don't know that that's fully attainable. I mean, that may be a little bit idealistic, but I do believe that with open book management that you can get very, very close to that and you can create a very lean and mean company. And so, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot, and I think this is, I think there's two things that'll kill a company. Number one 
is arrogance. And number two is ignorance. And I'm going to tell you, I've been guilty of both. And what I mean by that is that, you know, when people don't know what's going on, that's a big problem. I mean, you know, you think about the ignorance that comes up. First of all, there's ignorance of top management, right? So they think that people, and, and I would say this is probably the traditional thought, is they assume that technicians can't possibly understand how to, un- how to interpret a P&L. Like somehow, some way, they can interpret a label, which I think you need a degree to interpret a label, but they can't possibly interpret a P&L. I think that's false. Okay. That, well, it's a learned skill. And if it you've is. never learned it, but it can be taught. But it can be taught. But what, but why would I show a technician the entire PL when he could only affect a small piece of it? Because he will not understand or engage in the kind of teamwork unless he understands how the game is played and what okay. the final score is. So, so here's what we, when we recommend uh, management compensation arrangements, uh, you know, if you work for one of the big boys who are a public company, there's no mm-hmm. owner, right? It's a bunch of stockholders. Mm-hmm. And so I can give a branch manager uh, a piece of, you know, profit, net profit from the office, right? Mm-hmm. That they run. And that, you know, uh, obviously there'll be some corporate allocations and things like that. If I'm a family business, and I say to my manager, listen, I'm going to give you 5% of all of the profit of this company because you're a good guy and you're a manager. And you say, hey, that's great. I'm going to get that. But remember, I own the company. What do I want to do at the end of the year? Yeah. I don't want to pay taxes. So Correct. I kill the profit, right? Well, as much as I can. As much as okay. you can. But I mean, I think the, the, the big part of that is, is that you have to think... You know, and going back to your example, that's as easy as setting up the game so that you all win, right? I mean, that's backing it up and saying, okay, well, I can handle this much tax. This is how much it's going to be, which by the way, I have changed my tune on this a lot. And Dan, you probably know better than anyone. When I first started out in business, I didn't want to do anything to pay taxes. I was doing, I would buy trucks. I would, you know, I forgot what the, what's the exclusion to when you buy a truck. And you, yeah, yeah. So, but, but I would, and now I've kind of gotten to a place where I've realized like, it's okay to pay taxes. It's all right to pay taxes. I'm not saying that I want to go out. You and changed your political colors. Is that no, I've not. Mean? But I'm just making right. the point I'm that just... if you're paying taxes, you're making money. That's and, right. and the thing of it is, is that in the past where I have messed up is I've allowed my, my desire to not pay tax to force decisions that were really stupid. So anyway, an that's it. An example would be buying buying trucks. trucks? Yeah, overbuying trucks that we don't need. That's exactly right. Rotating trucks out at three years or four years or five years when they were actually good to go up to seven years, you know, Um, doing things like that. That would, you know, in that case, you know, you're, you're, you're spending dollars to save pennies, you know, in the long run. Well, so, so remember every dollar. So assume you're in the highest tax bracket federally is 37%. Assume you're in a, a state like New York or New Jersey where the highest rate is 10%. So it's 47% of your money. Mm-hmm. So you say, man, I'm going to, I'm going to spend a dollar. I'm going to save 47 cents. But the other side of that is you're going to spend 53 cents. Well, right? you can easily, so, you can easily dig yourself into debt trying to not pay yeah. taxes. And eventually it's going to come to roost no matter what, right? All you're doing is just kicking the can. So, um, 
which by the way, in, in full disclosure, I will give Dan, by the way, you should all, you should all take a note. I'm actually going to give Dan a few props here because early in my days, he actually told me that and I didn't believe him. Um, not to say he's right about everything, but you know, we all every now and then. Well, no, squirrel, I mean so. the majority of things, but, but, but hear me <laughs> out. I didn't finish the, uh, the example. Right. So, so, okay. Okay, so we have a PL. So everybody No, we have a weakling. Listen. We ha- we have a team of 90 pound weaklings. So so right. keep you know something. That was te- um, we're gonna get a bunch of hate mail on that. That's terrible. <laughs> By the way, if you find me a 97 pound technician, that, that's probably pretty rare. But uh, uh and now I'm gonna get hate mail about now you're gonna get real hate mail. <laughs> right. So so but 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 hear me out, right? So we have a PL. The PL says, okay, revenue minus direct cost equals gross margin. Right. Correct. Direct costs are yes. all things that happen on the road. Yes. Under that, you have marketing, sales, and, and general administrative or office costs, things like that. Right. Yes. So yes. I have a supervisor. My supervisor, he is in charge of making sure that routes are straight, that quality control is good, that uh, all the things, you know, technician wise, that they have what they need and everything. And so he can control the labor. He can control the fuel. He can control the chemicals. And so therefore he can control the gross margin. He can't control the marketing spend. That's me as the owner. Mm -hmm. He can't control the sales because, you know, uh, the way that the things work now is uh, most likely year one, you're going to lose money between marketing and sales on a recurring contract. The reason you do is so you get year two and three. And he can't control the office uh, you know, he can't control the fact that I have Billy Bob, uh, who's my uncle on the payroll. Right. Uh, so why would I need to show him all that? Why not show him the gross margin? Dan, you have just, I don't know if you did this knowingly or not, but you just set up the perfect reason why the perfect reason why I should, I thought I was always right, but go ahead. Yes. You know, let's take, let's go back to our football game example, or it could be basketball or whatever. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that what's the only score that matters when it comes to playing football and winning the Super Bowl? It's the final score. It's not the quarterback rating. It's not how great the offensive line is. It's not, I mean, all of those little stats go up to that one score I'm this not is, even talking about that. I'm talking about, remember, it's a puzzle, right? I get it. If you it. have a good offense, you're going to score. If you have a good defense, you're going to uh, I get not you. have the other score. And I when that happens, you win a game. When you win a game, then you win 10 games. And then when you win 10 games, I you get you. The playoffs. What, what you're saying is, right? is that you, why would you show all the numbers to something that they cannot directly control? Why not just give them numbers that they can control? Which I agree with to a point. But- what that does is when you show them the big picture numbers and you show them how it all comes together and like how you win as a business, what matters more than anything, I can win as a person and kill the business. Meaning that, you know, you look at, for example, look at teams where they have like these really high performance, like for example, remember the Miami heat when they brought in like the, they brought in LeBron, they brought in, oh my gosh, who else did they bring in? Remember the, the, the three big things and they had all those, and they didn't win the. They didn't win the. I don't even know what the NBA finals are called, but whatever. They didn't win the championship, right? My my point here is, is that it is very possible that you could have a star quarterback who doesn't work well 
with his receivers or who doesn't work well with his offense and still lose as a business, right? You can't lose fact. If you want great teamwork, everyone has to understand and have a common goal. The common goal is the PL. The common goal is this is how we win as a business. So yes, you're correct. Yeah, but if the team's not winning, the technician's not winning. I mean, yeah, maybe he's producing, but he's not going to get his bonus, you know, things like that. I, I, I don't and, agree and with you, that. I've, I've had cases, even in my own business, where I've had teams who were winning and we were losing as a business. Losing as a business. So technicians were hitting their numbers and we were pissing away money in marketing and not making money. Or Right. Yeah, so and the technician can't. The technician doesn't need to see that. You know who needs to see that? The marketing manager. They all need to see it because ultimately what that happens, especially if you give everyone a voice. And again, by the way, if you're listening, this is the part where Dan and I disagree. I believe that when everyone has a common goal and they have a common understanding, whether or not they can control the final outcome, they do their job, right? They do their piece of that. But overall, everyone's focused on the right thing, which is we win games. We win football games, right? We win at business. We win on the PL. That's what we do. That's how we're measured. Because the reality of it is, is that if you truly give people a voice and you truly chain them, you truly train them on how a PL works and how a business works, you better believe that people are going to be piping up. And I my thing is, is this is that you know, business moves so fast. I don't have all the answers. I know I don't have all the answers. I'm not God's gift to business. You know what my leadership is. But my, you know, my clearly right. My leadership team is not, <laughs> not my managers. I want every single person that I can possibly get information from. And not all ideas are, you know, are good, but you know what? There may be an idea in there that I didn't think of. And if I got a hundred people thinking about the same issue, trying to do the same thing, I have to believe that I'm going to have a better company. So going back to my whole ignorance thing, we said the ignorance of top management, believing or assuming that technicians or office people can't understand a PL or incapable of understanding problems. That is yeah. not what I said. Now, if I'm you not saying that's what you said, I said that information on how to do that, have classes, which Correct. takes away from other productivity and whatnot. It does. But, and maybe you say it's just as important as, as technician training, like you know, chemicals and things like that. But what Indeed. I'm saying is when you have a million dollar company and you make 15%, you make 150 grand. I say, okay, I'm the technician making 60 or 70. Eh, Donnie deserves 150. He's a good guy. Well, Donnie's now the- 10, Donnie's now 10 million dollars and he's making a million and a half dollars. Yeah. And that's when you start training, like, well, do you know that 40% of what we just made now goes to the government? And do well, you know 40% retain? You know, they retain. But I mean, my but the point same here, thing happened when you were making 150, maybe not 40 sure did. in the lower bracket. They sure did. But, you know, that brings me to my second point of ignorance. Well, well, is, well wait, hold, hold on. So Donnie is no longer making a million and a half dollars. Poor guy's only making $900,000. <laughs> I'm making 60000 70000 because I'm a really good technician and Donnie's mm-hmm. very generous. And that's probably at the upper end of what technicians are making. Is yeah. And again, that thing? goes back. Is there a, you know, what, I, I think what, what, is what you do is you, what you do is you, that's not making, there's also this whole concept of retained earnings. You know what I mean? And talk. Well, what what it is is Donnie deserved that money for taking risk, and there's a debate 
on that. Like you think about, you know, some people say these CEOs who are making these millions of dollars, but the, the frontline workers of these companies aren't. And so, you know, everybody should be making the same thing, right? That's not <laughs> quite. So Donnie is a socialist. But Bingo. No, if anyone just listened, Dan just said that, by the way, and then he tried to put it on me. So, and, and the word, and the well, word, I, I was using and the words uh, of Ricky Bobby, do not put that hate on me. So anyway, so going back second, let's just say you don't do that right yeah. now. Let's just say you don't share what's going on with the business. You don't share the PL. You don't share the realities of what's happening with the business. And you're not sharing the big picture score of what's going on. Do you think it's possible that the company can be in a bad spot and folks on the front line think that you're making money hand over fist when you're really not? Is that possible? It's definitely possible. Absolutely, right? And so the fact of the matter is, is that they don't, you know, people who are on the front line don't understand why managers are doing what they're doing, which is the second form of ignorance, right? Which is where, and by the way, when I use the word ignorance, I hope all of our listeners, I'm not talking about someone who's stupid. I mean, they just simply don't. Send know. Donnie the hate mail on yeah, that. No, 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 send no, no, me no. the hate mail on people's yep. weight. Nope. So getting it back is, you know, when, when people who are technicians or in the office, or whatever, they don't know that this is what's going on with the business. Then they start thinking that you're just greedy or you're just plain stupid, which could be both, could be the case, right? But at the end of the day, if they don't know the score, right, they're going to make that stuff up. Let me ask gonna... you a question. You like okay. to fly airplanes, right? An airplane, flying. you were, you used to work on airplanes, right? I did, yeah. Sure um, did. I don't know a lot about airplanes. I know a little something about cars. Cars are a bunch Just of like systems, <laughs> right? But only they don't fly, <laughs> unless you're chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Yeah, so- yep. So, so it's a series of systems, right? You have the acceleration system, you have the braking system, you have coolant, you know, for, for uh, climate control and whatnot. And so you could say each of those systems is a team, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the feedback from your team or your technician, right? So like you said, a technician could be killing it. But you as a company could be getting destroyed because he's your only good technician. You've got nine other guys who aren't, you know, uh, you know, making it right. So you can share his numbers. You can share whatever you want as long as you educate the guy yes. or gal, one hundred percent, to make sure that they understand it. Because that whole fat cat syndrome, it's real. People it, say, 100%. "My goodness, why do I?" Donnie's making all the money, and by the way, he is right. Mm -hmm. Yes. No. It, and by the way, you, I mean, I, this is one point that you and I are on the same page. And I think this is where people screw up, right? Is they're like, yes, I'm in the open book management. Yes, I'm going to share my numbers. And they don't educate. And you need to start with education before you start cracking open your books. I mean, in fact, there's a lot more to it than just educating. There's educating, then there's opening up your books, and then there's reinforcing of winning, either the reinforcement of winning, meaning that if you set a number and you set a goal, and I would, I mean, again, of course, you're going to set goals based on the individual team, but then you also need to set a goal as a business and then people get rewarded with it. And I think in the book, um, it's been a long time since I read this book. He, it was a phrase. He said, forget the praise, where is the raise or something like that. Like people need to see that there's a direct correlation of when, well, not correlation, causation. When we win as a business, I win as a person. I mean, and a great example of this is back when I was a developer. I was a software developer and I was working at Progress Energy. And I can use that name now because they're no longer in business. 
I remember like one spring, I got this email and said, congratulations, we hit our goals. You got a bonus of $2,300. I didn't know what the goals were. I didn't know we had goals. I didn't know there's a bonus tied to it. I'm like, great, right? But the reality of it is, is that there was a huge disconnect between what the business was doing versus I had no, I had no idea that we even had goals. But or do you what think my role that, was. Look, you're you're a big EOS guy now. Um, mm-hmm. Can't you do that with scorecarding, that kind of thing, right? Why do we need to complicate? Uh, and 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 really, the biggest thing. So there's a lot of positive to open book management, right? You're definitely mm-hmm. aligning um, mm-hmm. goals and strategies, and you know, making informed decisions when you understand it. There's continuous learning. You know, you're doing problem solving. However. You know, you uh, when when you um, 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 when you share everything uh, when you're small, we're all we're all in this together, man. Mm-hmm. Well, when things grow, and I've watched this happen several times. We you know had a company that you know started with us when they were uh, you know six seven hundred thousand dollars, and then they got up to like 13 million dollars and all of a sudden the owner was making a lot of money and he changed his tune about open book management because mm-hmm. he was making a couple million dollars a year mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so that's that's the point that I'm making right and I you know to me I think um you know, if you do it right and you educate properly, I don't think people are going to have an issue with that. You know what? We're at that size and we practice this. And I just don't think it's wise. Now, this is Donnie, you know, in 2023. You talk By the way, I have lots of clients who believe exactly what you believe. And, 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 and you know, and I, I just don't I believe you're going to hit that level of teamwork if you don't know the overall score. Like you need, like in order to take the level of teamwork, I I mean, I would say from good to great, people need to be clear and focused on one specific clear goal. Why not make that goal as the driver of your business, right? I mean, I I mean, a perfect example of this is what the hell's going on right now. You know, all of these private equity groups and all these big growth companies, they've been all about revenue, 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 revenue. And now rates are going up and they're like, what? Profit, profit, profit. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like it's such as, but, but the reality, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Warren Buffett says this all the time, you know, the measure of the business is what it's doing on the bottom line, not what it's doing on the top line. And so my view on it is, is that if you want to engage teamwork at a level that really takes you to be a great company, you have to f- play the game so that everyone's working for that final score and what truly makes the business successful. Okay. Production numbers makes the business successful. Okay. Great marketing and CPL and CPS makes a company really great. Right. But all of those feed into two activities, which is generating money and, you know, generating cash, which are two different things. And if you can't align everyone behind that, or if you don't make that clear, like that's the final score, that's what we're doing as a business. I think you can get unbalanced. And I think in the, in, in, you're not engaging people at a level that you could. So don't have to agree with me. Uh, I believe. No, no, no. I, I, by the way, I've had this debate for decades, and you know, there, there are pieces of it that I believe that you should share. Um, mostly, what you can affect. If you can't affect it, I don't think that it's maybe you know it. It, it just 
it's just it's extra work to provide the information to interpret the information to answer the questions when you can't even affect it but i get it listen you know we uh, you know i'm a met fan i can't affect how they do but i still watch them right um so yeah. i get that i get well, that. I'm, however I'm what what do you say when that guy says all right now i know how a PL works and donnie's making two million dollars a year and i'm making 60 or seventy thousand. hmm what do you say and maybe it's not an issue. Maybe you say, hey, listen, I take all the risk. And uh, no, you know, I mean, it's a real works. conversation, you know, and EOS actually walks you through this. EOS mm-hmm. actually walks you through this very problem. And 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 by the way, I'm not I'm not an advocate of EOS. We use it in our business, but I think it's a great answer, which is, you know, if you want to make more money, you have two options. You can produce more, produce more value for the business, or you can upgrade your skills and produce more value for the business, right? So if you want to make- Can I ever work for Triangle and upgrade my skills and everything else and make $2 million? You will never, right, exactly. But the fact of the matter is, is I mean, that's why we have entrepreneurs and there's no other business that you're going to do the same. You know what I mean? I I totally, totally agree. And I mean- There is one one way that I feel that you can address this situation. Okay, all the profit that we make, X percentage, 30%, 25%, 40% goes in a pot and it goes in a bonus and it goes back to all the employees. One, and that's, that was that's, going to be the point. That was going to be the point I was going to make next, which is, okay, so there's, first of all, you know, you've got to teach everyone the rules. Like these are the rules. This is how we do business, right? Number two is you've got to keep score. You've got to have good data reporting. Number three is that you've got to give people a stake in the outcome, whether that comes through a profit sharing, whether it comes through bonuses, but it has to be something to where it's worth playing a game. Like, why would I play a game to benefit you, Dan? You know what I'm saying? Why would I play a game to like just me? benefit? Well, yes, I do, but not that much. I, well, I don't so know. When some it comes days to money, I do. So, some days I do. Money, not when it comes to money. All right. Yeah. I got you. Money does change things. <laughs> but, to, you know, the yeah. fact of the matter is, is that no one wants to play a game where, like, they're no matter how hard they work, all they're doing is helping someone else win. And they don't they don't see any variance based on the score. That is a and, and again, that goes back to another important point about making open book open book management work is, is that people have to have a stake in the outcome of the score. So I personally think the way to do that is through profit sharing, through, you know, whether it be, you know, people put money back. I think profit sharing is a really good way of doing it because what you can do is you can also build in, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Longevity, right? Where people like the longer they stay and the more they're engaged, the more the, the pot is bigger at the end of the game. You know, so so point being is that I personally am a huge fan of this. We're not, and, and by the way, by, by me talking about this, we're still, we're still at Triangle, still in the process of getting this to work. It's a multi-year project. It's not a, so, I'm going to get this done in, in four months. So, so sometimes do you think it's a bit of a distraction? Listen, if, if you've, if you've got employees who are pontificating about and, and second guessing you and the management team, which I don't have a problem with people bring, bringing, uh, you know, good suggestions or useful suggestions, even if they're not implemented, but you also get these conversations that are kind of like union meetings. So, okay, these guys don't know what they're doing. And, yeah. and now they've shown us all this stuff. And then there's also the guys who fall off and start their own companies, right? Yeah. Like some that of the best happen. companies in this country have been started by people who left the big boys because they felt that they could do it better. And it, well, those are guys that you probably wanted to keep, but they just, you know, 
what was Henry Ford say? Educate your people is in risking them leaving is, is what, how does that quote go? Oh my gosh. You remember that quote? It's like, yeah. Um, basically what's worse than, than, you know, teaching your people on how, oh, how to leave is, is not teaching them how to stay. <laughs> Something like that. But, yeah. but he, he's absolutely correct. Right. I think in those cases, that's good. I would want yeah. to be challenged. I would want someone to step back. And in that case, it's a matter of trust, right? If you don't have that kind of culture in your business, you're just going to take some time. You know, you're just yeah. going to take some time for people to trust you as an owner, but, or as a leadership team. But the fact is, is that if you don't have that kind of trust, people don't understand it's just going to take time. And over time, if you do the right things and you make the right call, then you're know, the right calls and people see that you're actually on board for them. And it's not like, you know, cause I mean, look, some owners can go through this and it's all a show. They're not really there. They're not really invested. They don't really care. And, you know, you just can't hide that stuff. And so, yes, you are correct that that could absolutely happen. But at the same time, I would much rather that happen. And then we have a conversation and talk about it and get them back in the game versus we never have the conversation, meaning me with that person and it's happening without me. And then there's this whole other, cause I mean, you know how that goes. It's like a cancer. Um, so anyway, we're right, just about well, out of time. Listen, it, it, it just let's kind of, so not that I'm totally against it. I think it needs to be educated. I think that you should probably target what you're giving, uh, the information that you're giving. It also creates complexity because you have to do special reporting. Uh, there's potential for misinterpretation, which we've talked about. It, it could be a distraction to the business. And then the last but not least are like confidentiality concerns. You know, I share all of this with you. You go and uh, mm -hmm. go and work for, you know, uh, XYZ company down the road and go, you know, uh, Triangle did this, this, and the other thing, right? So just make sure. And I could care less about that. I mean, it, there are very few secrets. And I mean, we've done this mm -hmm. for years at Triangle. We've brought people in. We've showed them everything that we've done. And by the way, if you're listening to this, we have our warts and we screw up and we just had a big screw up, just not too in the recent past here um, that we've done. And, you know, I've always done that. And people are like, why do you do that? Why do you share stuff like that? It's because the fact of the matter is, is, is nothing about, there are no secrets. It's all an execution. And, the, you know, the reality of it is, is that you That's could show true. this to, you could show it to a hundred people and probably only about two or three are actually going to follow through and do it. There's been very few people who came, who left and actually implemented what they saw. Very few. In support so, of what you're saying, Massey brings in all of these people. Yeah. They, if you call them up and ask them, like call Adam Jones, call Ian Robinson, they'll bring you in, welcome you with open arms. And why do you show us all this stuff? Well, because we can show it to you, but the question is, right. can you execute? Can it? you execute? And most people either can't or won't. And so that's that I don't, I'm not too concerned about that. The last thing I'll, I'll finish out on here with open book management, and then, and then we're going to have to close this out, which is yes, it's a powerful tool. It can be a powerful tool. I would highly recommend there's multiple books on this topic. I would highly recommend that you read several of them before you even think about bringing it in if you're not doing it, but also be very open-minded. This is a very different way of running a business. And look at like, for me, I'm a fan of it because I believe that it can, it, I think it takes teamwork to a whole nother level. And I feel like it can engage a hundred people versus one or two, or maybe even 10. Um, but, but there are a lot of things that it's not as simple as just showing your numbers. It's, it's education. It's telling the truth, right? It's establishing credibility. It's 
like doing the right thing for people who are on the front line. I mean, there's a lot of things that go with it. There's the reinforcement, right? There's also giving people a stake. And so it's a, it's a much bigger thing. Like it's a simple concept, but it's very difficult to execute. And it, and it's and it's riddled with ways to screw it up. So I guess my point, I, my, I guess my closing remark out of all of this is, is take your time, make sure you do it the right way. Don't definitely don't rush something like this because it could actually turn into what you just said, Dan. I mean, it could, you know, people see it and they don't, they don't have any, they have any buying on it. They don't understand it. And oh my gosh, look at how much money those guys are making and they're screwing me, right? You could kill your culture with it. So it's, it's, it's not like playing with a snake, but I would say that I would take my time and you need to be deliberate about putting it in, but the benefits are worth the risk in my mind. Closing thoughts there, Dan. You know, with that, I, uh, that was just so well said, uh, make sure if you're going to do it, like I said, I have reservations about certain aspects of it. I, and you know, it's kind of interesting because we share a lot at our firm, we're an accounting firm, but the reason that we do is because everybody on staff is an accountant. They can figure it out anyway. So why not? Um, Why hide it? Yeah. Yeah. No, and we do. I mean, we're not fully implemented with Open Book, but I my goal is is to be by the end of 2024 to have it completely in, and that is with all the other parts of it, which includes you know you know this whole you know profit sharing piece. Because I truly I've seen it right. I saw it when we were a smaller company. I know it works, and so um, and you know and if someone comes up and says, "Look, you're making all this money," it's like, "Well, hey, look, you know, that's what that position pays." Here's what this position pays, meaning that the one that they're sitting in, and you can go out and you can, you know, you can, you can metric that. If you want a different position, you want to make more money, you want to do something different. Fantastic. Let's come up with a plan. Let's figure out how to do that. Right. I want to help you not, well, I'm better than you or, you know, or whatever, right. Or I don't deserve this, or you deserve more. Like the conversation needs to come around to how much value you bring in the marketplace. And if you want to get more then how do you bring more value to the marketplace? And so, Anyway, that's an EOS. That's not necessarily open book management. That was just one specific example. And with that, just a reminder, all the resources and topic, I'll try to, we'll we'll try to link up the book or several books that's on open book management. If you're interested in going down this rabbit hole, Um, they're all available on our podcast website on pmpindustryinsider.com. Just take a look under show notes. And we always very much appreciate the good comments that you have and the good ratings and reviews. And like I always say, all hate mail goes to Don. Goes to Dan. And with that, we're out. We'll see you next time. You all take care now. Take care. See ya. Bye. Bye.